You're listening to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Warrillow, and we have got a great roundtable lined up for you today. Now, this podcast, as you know, is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional, and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we'll be diving deeply into a variety of topics that keep you inspired and at your best. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations tackling the challenging issues of our times. And that's what we're up to today. We have gathered together some very special change makers, our advisory board here at Sacred Changemakers to talk about the future, the opportunities and the challenges we face to create positive transformation in our world. But before I introduce today's guests, I have a simple request. I'd be so grateful if you would share this podcast with your friends or colleagues. I'd love as many people to know about this as possible. And would you please subscribe and leave a rating and review? It's so helpful to us. It enables the algorithms to find us, helps people find our community, and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people. So thank you. Now, we actually have seven guests with us in Roundtable today. Um, so let me start with Dr. Al Spicer. Dr. Al Spicer is the founder and CEO of Extraordinary Life, Inc. His mission is to be a trusted confidant and solution strategist to senior level leaders to help them lead effectively in a VUCA world. Welcome, Al. Thanks so much for having me, Jane. It's a true pleasure to be here and what a fantastic way to cap off the year. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you, Al. Next, we have Amina Epijazi. Amina partners with leaders and coaches through coaching and supervision to create sustainable relationships in work and life. So welcome, Amina. Thank you, Jane. Hi, everybody. I'm really excited <laughs> about our conversation here today. Me too. Thank you, Amina. <sighs> Next, we have Orla Scott. Orla is a leadership facilitator and coach and coaching supervisor and is on a dedicated path to support leaders to connect to their humanity and their spirituality. So welcome, Orla. Hi, Jane. Hi, Nick. Hi, everybody. I'm really, really <laughs> delighted to be here. It's a great way to, to cap off the year. Yeah, excited to have you with us, Orla, too. Okay, next we have David Wetton. Now, David helps conscious leaders grow themselves and develop purpose-led, high-performing teams through one-on-one -on -one coaching and tailored leadership programs. So welcome, David. Hi, Jane, and it's great to be here. Really, really looking forward to a wonderful conversation. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and next we have Runa Bowius. Runa is the founder of the True Power Institute, best-selling author and conscious leadership influencer, helping CEOs and C-suite leaders on their journey to personal power and greater impact. So welcome, Runa. Thank you. Very excited to be with everyone again. Thank you, Runa. Next, we have Claudia Lindby. Claudia is redefining poor no, excuse me. Claudia is redefining performance in organizations, taking leaders and teams from clarity to impact with evolutionary leadership. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm, I'm, I've really been looking forward to this occasion to uh, talk to you all about something that is deeply important. 
Yes, thank you, Claudia. And finally, Nick. Nick, whose hat is staying on when mine isn't so well. But um, Nick is the founder of the Lead Flow Pro Marketing Agency, working with small business owners and coaches to help them fulfill their potential online. So welcome, Nick. You know, I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation because I've known everyone on this, this roundtable for so long and the wealth of experience and knowledge. I'm just really excited to where this uh, conversation is going to go. Yeah, it really, I, I'm like you, I've been really excited about this conversation <laughs> because it's about time that we as a group took our conversations public and that's what we're about to do. So thank you, Nick, and welcome. Okay. Our guests here that we have with us today are working in different organizations. They're from different countries as well, from all around the world. So I think it's safe to say that we're gonna get a broad and a deep perspective to share with you today. And after the unforgettable year that we've all just lived through, I'm really intrigued to see where our conversation is going to take us today. So let me open the conversation to all of you. Let's kind of review 2020 first before we consider the future. But what was your personal experience of 2020? Lessons learned and any unexpected benefits? I'll let whoever wants to, to open our conversation. Well, quite a reflective bunch, Shane. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For me, um, it's been a very strange, it's been a very strange year, but yet, you know, a year where I've learned so much. Uh, and for me, from a, both from a sort of a friendship and a client perspective and a community perspective, uh, one, one of the things that was really important was to not to give in to the fear and anxiety around what was happening and to be able to hold that space for for my for my colleagues for my friends for my clients and at the beginning that was really really difficult um but i think you know when i you talk about what you know one of the areas that i'm really passionate about is is um leadership and spirituality was you know being able to not give in to the fear and anxiety and to be able to um you know hold that space for 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 clients and that was super, super important because at the very beginning, I was I was going down that path myself. Uh, and the other, you know, if we, if we talk about the the unexpected benefits, uh, was actually you know watching how creative, how innovative, um, and the the very very different ways that people reacted in a very positive way, and that whole sense of people coming together and that sense of community and I, I, I hope and I'm confident that we'll be able to bring that with us from this year. If we learn, if we learn nothing else, that sense of creativity and innovation and community and that sort of sense of um, collective effort I think is going to be super important in the future if we talk about the, the big questions we're trying to answer. I'll just jump from there because, yeah, as far as um, it's been incredibly challenging year for all of us. And for me, honestly, the last 
seven months has been one of the most challenging times in my life, frankly. Um, I lost my mom in April, not related to COVID. Nine months prior, I lost my father-in-law. Um, and there's been a lot of fallout around that. And then, um, you know, the impact of COVID on my, you know, with my clients and their businesses, and then, um, you know, having kids in school. And that's been really a huge adjustment, um, having them be at home and then doing the virtual learning. And um, both my kids have ADHD, actually. And it's, uh, it's actually significantly harder for kids with ADHD to work virtually. And um, so it's been, it's been incredibly, uh, there's been a lot of adversity. Um, and I think the other thing that stands out as a theme for me, which is there's this weird juxtaposition and paradox, and you mentioned it, Orla, in terms of this, this sense of unity and coming together. Um, I think it's taught me and I think a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends, you know, to learn to adapt and be agile and flexible and patient um, and explore parts of ourselves we might not have otherwise explored. Um, and the same token, there's a sense of unity, but on the other hand, in the United States, uh, you know, we've, we've had this election year, which has been totally polarizing and controversial and upsetting and, uh, you know, just the amount of um, distress and anxiety and frustration and flat out anger that's come from that um, at the same time when we're trying to pull together, unify around our families and our friends. It's just, to me, it's, I've, I've had that in the back of my mind. Like it's very interesting that this, this polarization is happening while also this sort of unification is happening simultaneously. Yes, uh, I, uh, I would like to tack on um, what you have both been saying, and I, I would say for me, it's it's been a year of practice, really, practice many of the concepts and principles that we have learned that we are teaching uh, the people we are working with um, in, in terms of keeping that inner peace and calm. And uh, my my journey into this year started really last fall when I broke my foot end of September. So I was in isolation for three months. So I got like a, a pre-course in, <laughs> in being isolated and limited in what I could do. I literally couldn't go down. Uh, I I'm live, live on the second floor, so I couldn't go down the steps. And um, so having to ask for help uh, was one thing which so many people have had to do this year. So, so much of what then came this year, I had already been doing in some way or form for the three months prior. And, uh, and, and also many of these principles I have been trying to cultivate over the years. And to me, this has really been a practice year of not giving into the fear, staying optimistic, seeing the positive aspects and seeing the benefits, seeing the creativity and ingenuity that people come up with. And, uh, and I personally have benefited from other people's uh, creativity. For instance, all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a best-selling author because there was a, a guy who mostly was earning his living by speaking and he also has a writing background and has written a, a few books. All his speaking gigs wiped, were wiped away. So he was standing there thinking, what, what can I do? And what he did, he gathered together 33 authors he asked each one of them to, to write a chapter in his book and he published the book with 33 authors. This would not have happened 
if he hadn't been forced to find the creative solution. And I happened to be one of those he reached out to, so I benefited as well. So that came completely unexpected for him and for me and all the others included. So for me, I would say definitely practice here. And I'll, I'll, I'll also, I'll, I'll build on that as well. For me, I think this current year highlighted initially how much as, as not just as a country or an organization, but as the world, we've really been designed around what I call doing and self. So it's all about what is the individual doing? How are they achieving? And that's been around the models we know, the hierarchical models, the masculine models. Now this isn't all bad, but I think what came to my mind is actually, this is only one element of who we are. So what I mean by that, during this year, 2020, here in the UK, where people were, were laid off but paid, they actually had time with being, I call it being with self. So being, not doing, but being. So what they called actually furlough opportunities. So one of my daughters, her boyfriend, took up painting. He hadn't got, you know, he was at home, he took up painting. So I think this aspect of bringing in more self-awareness was there for this year. The second one was apparent over, over this year was then what I call being, but being with others. What I mean by that is that when people were still working and they're on Zoom, all of a sudden they're seeing into people's homes. They're seeing the children. They've heard conversations of saying how nice it is to see the wider aspect of that. And whether it's husband, wife, partner, whatever sex, they've been getting an idea of what the partner's doing at work because they've been at home and they've been listening in and they've been curious about that. So I think that's developed the relationships. And the final one is, which I call, is actually then goes back to doing, but it's doing with others. And particularly here in the UK, this aspect of really respecting both the doing for others, so like the National Health Service, how they've been on the front line, health workers everywhere, and how people who we don't normally consider, such as retail workers in the shops, have really got a lot of gratitude from people for literally being in the firing line. And also corporates that have tried to make a quick profit have quickly been shot down because this is not the greater good of all. So these elements, these four elements for me have been at work. And as we go into talk about future years, I think it's been an opportunity for us to really sense where we are and perhaps where we want to go in the midst of chaos. Absolutely, I can connect with that, David, because chaos is, is a good word for how a lot of things felt this year. And even looking back, uh, somehow this this uh, sense of chaos is still here and at the same time there are so many things that have emerged from this chaos and i think for me um the fact that like self-care um has become really important and has been voiced sometimes maybe even a little bit too loud for some people but uh we didn't talk about self-care as much before as we do now. Uh, we didn't talk about uh, how important it is to find ways to deal with our stress, how important it is to find ways to really develop our connections with each other, because social distancing is really physical distancing. I think socially, in many ways, we got closer to each other, which is an unexpected benefit. Um, and of course, I'm well aware that there are many people who got stuck in really, really difficult situations at home, not to mention all the children that uh, have uh, 
abusive uh, circumstances and uh, really dire uh, situations there. Um, but at the same time, I think many of us have somehow refound a connection with with family and self, like you said, um, which we wouldn't have done in this way uh, without these circumstantial um, uh, forces that were around us this year. And so my hope is that we can take some of that into, into the new year. So on that point, I was gonna, it's reminding me what David shared and what Amina just shared is, it is interesting too in that it was like, I, I've been saying, it, it's sort of like the whole world got a timeout. Like everyone in your room, <laughs> you know, take a break, refocus, what's the priority, um, and do some thinking about how you're doing. And I think, I, I forgot about that point, but you're reminding me. Um, I think that's an important benefit too, of, of, of having us all, instead of we're so outwardly focused on travel and flying and being somewhere else, being everywhere, sort of like David was saying, being everywhere but here in the moment with yourself, with your family, what's in front of you, and so outwardly focused. And then again, I think it's paradoxical in the juxtaposition at the same time too with technology, we're still very outwardly focused and we're connected internationally in ways we could have never imagined just a few years ago. And um, so there is this, to me, fascinating, maybe even spiritual event that's occurring where we're going inward, exploring our inner selves, wanting to connect at deeper levels, more self-care, but at the same time too, with technology, it's also pulling us, you know, to much, much, much broader reach, reaching more people, understanding how small the world is truly becoming. And that to me is exciting and fascinating and uh, exciting place to look as we move forward. Tag on to that, Al, uh, is about the, the world and, and the, the sense of distance in it. Uh, I just today actually had the privilege of, of closing for this year um, a corporate program that, that's been running uh, globally uh, since, uh, well, we worked with the organization for a while, that's not, but this year, of course, everything was, first it was put on hold, canceled what we do, and then quite quickly, the challenge was to to take everything online that we could and i have to admit that i was really hesitant because i i i've always thought of of the work that i do and and what we do together as something that's uh personal and and, and deep at a level where online would not be able to to sort of hold that or support that and as we were closing the year with the um the 24 one-on-one -on -one sessions it, it's it's the the pattern is really that and i'm amazed at seeing this uh, th that that uh, human power the capacity despite everything that's been going on but to find our way to find solutions and to to come up with things and to find other ways of sharing just that that creativity and the the i was going to say the resilience despite everything and this was today was China and yesterday was the US and before that. And it was just a, sort of a global, I really had that sense of a, a, a global coming together um, with a belief that we can handle things, we can do things together. And, and especially also what you've been pointing to the, uh, that need for space and support and the, the connectivity, I mean, the relational part has really helped um, hold, 
hold that possibility for each individual sitting in your own home in, in Wuhan or Beijing or, or wherever and, and still coming together and working as a team. And the really interesting thing is that everybody, with just one exception, everybody said, it, it really feels like a year where we've moved much closer together. I feel like we know each other much better than we did just a year ago. And so online, for, for me, that was a, a really positive surprise. Online can do a lot for us in this crazy world. And the human capacity to lean into it, I, I thought has been astonishing. We've all also experienced how we're really connected. I don't yeah. think we ever, well, certainly not in my lifetime, uh, have I ever experienced how we as humans are so connected on, yeah. on a deep level. I think, I think one, one of the too, just an authenticity that's emerging. I thinking about business and some of my clients and um, sort of this, dare I say, glass ceiling. It's usually associated with women's, you know, um, ascension in business. But I think even between sort of C-suite or senior leaders and everybody else, having conference calls where people start to see the humanity in people where there's been a lot of segregation and separateness. So, you know, sort of suddenly the president of your business is sitting there and, and their dog runs by, right? Or their kids are crying in the other room. And, and that's been an interesting phenomenon too, about sort of just bringing the humanity instead of the separateness um, in all of us, whether it's a CEO of your company or the line factory worker, but being unified in that way and really seeing that we're all engaged and in, in, in our in our humanness in our everyday lives of managing kids and pets and you know having technology problems and not having everything all buttoned up and polished and and uh and presenting in an organized way that keeps us separate but being more authentic and genuine i think is another benefit mm -hmm. and like i think, think another thing back into business I was going to say, another, another thing I think has happened is actually I think the COVID and whole experience this year has allowed us to drop into a wider range of emotions. Some particularly uncomfortable I and mean, Al has shared and my own sharing is my uncle was in a care home, was due to come home um, after the weekend and, and he caught COVID literally three days before he was due to leave and sadly he died from COVID. And you know, when you move into those sort of deep emotions, those are some of the hardest things that, that, that you ever, ever deal with. Yet there was something about people coming together, so touching, so moving. Even that, you know, people said at the church, it would normally be filled. We could only have 30 people in the church, but it was touching that in the British weather, it literally was pouring down with rain. People were stood outside of the umbrellas. They couldn't come in the church, but they wanted to pay their respect. That was just something quite incredible. And I think the sense I got actually is, is to actually to be with those deep emotions, to feel those. And maybe it's teaching us perhaps not to get stuck in them, whether it's really deep sadness or even the joy, a sense of, well, I've done this, I've launched this online, it's all been a great year, it's fantastic. Not to do a spiritual bypass on, but actually to know, to be able to access the appropriate emotion for the appropriate time. And the final thing I want to say on this is just draw on spiritual tradition. I found myself this year talking about one aspect, and I'm just drawing on Christian tradition. When Jesus went to raise Lazarus from the death, dead, and of course I always thought, well, he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. What was the problem? But anyone that reads that will see the first thing he did, and it's just a two lines. It said, Jesus wept. 
and I just really got that. If he knew what was going on, but here's a sense that he was fully with it. As Al said, he was fully present with what was going on. He sensed what was there and he wept. And I think there's been a lot of that going on, people connecting with this real life aspects, whether it's losing business, losing people, or some things we've launched, you know, really being with that. So um, I think our emotional band has increased during this year. Mm -hmm. I would I agree with that. Say, yeah, I, I, it's, it's something that you said, David, about that sense of being. And what I witnessed was th there was a, you know, you were talking about those deep emotions, a level of discomfort in some of actually being with themselves and really experiencing the emotions, you know, whether it was sadness, anxiety, fear, and being able to make sense of them and, and deal with them. And I'm, I'm struck. Claudia, by what you were saying about, you know, being able to hold that space for people and being able to invite them into this reflective space. And I think for those leaders and individuals and organizations who have the wherewithal and the capacity to do that, to either get somebody to do it with them or to find it within themselves of sitting with that level of discomfort because you know, as, uh, as leaders, we have to be able to deal with, you know, a huge range of emotions. And I think certainly what I've witnessed for, for those who are comfortable in sitting with that level of discomfort in being, whatever it is, um, on the emotional spectrum, um, you know, elation and joy at one end and, and deep, deep sadness and anxiety uh, at the other. They're the they're the individuals who are able to navigate this. I think that, that those individuals who we you know, haven't uh, managed to reach or for whatever reason, just don't have that capacity at the moment, they're sort of you know, lost in that sense of sitting with the discomfort of being with themselves and being with their own emotions. And I want to speak to that emotional texture that you're talking about a little bit here, because for me, it's so interesting. There's one word that kind of creates the theme for my year this year, and that word is sacred. And it's so funny listening to each of you speak about your experiences during 2020. I can relate to everything that everybody's saying. And there's a part of me that's a mess right now right and when you talk about David you talked about the emotional bandwidth getting wider I think that's really been true for me and not only that it's been true for me in transparency with my clients with people who follow me on social media it's almost like I flip-flop like in a moment's notice from being like really hopeful and elated and joyful to being fearful and anxious and worried and then moving through to fear and pain <laughs> and it's like i mean I, I look at a day a day feels like a year right now sometimes when i'm in that practice of all these emotions and i also know as an empath i pick up from clients from people around me and it has been a practice, Runa, staying. And this is why I say the word sacred, because the practice for me has been very sacred. It's been allowing myself, giving myself even permission to feel into 
what feels very chaotic and messy emotionally and and kind of physically and mentally and then I come to the sacred as a practice and that's where I can find that point of stillness when everything around me is crazy and without that I I can't imagine what life would be like I I can't and so I've got this practice now of putting the word sacred as an adjective in front of everything. <laughs> and I think you started it, David, on our podcast that we did for Sacred Changemakers earlier in the year. And now I'm like, I'm cooking dinner. It's going to be a sacred dinner, right? I'm having a bubble bath. It's going to be a sacred bubble bath, <laughs> right? Everything now for me, because it's almost like I've, I've really, I've got a really powerful connection there. And not that I didn't have that before, but it's just like, this feels like a time of deep transformation, a time of calling us back to our humanness and humanity like you've all talked about. And, and that excites me because of the work we are all doing in the world. Isn't this our time? <laughs> this is, I think, what we've been waiting for, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, Jane, as well, I said on the podcast, and I'll say it now, because it's like a Zen Cohen. Yeah. Remember I said at the time, I said, someone had said to me, either everything is sacred or nothing is. Yeah. Um, so that sense of bringing the sacred into everything, mm. it's a really, I think it's a deep and it's a beautiful practice. It is, and it, it helps me look forward to next year, because... Right now, I've no idea like what next year holds, as many of us don't. And I would normally be like, I would normally have done my strategic plan and everything by now. And I'm just listening because if my life is sacred, then my business is sacred too. My career is sacred. Mm -hmm. And so it's demanding me to slow down and pause to really take notice of so many different perspectives to be able to hold the space for this moving forward in some way yeah the word keeps coming to mind is metamorphosis like we really are <laughs> metamorphosis more metamorphosis Ooh, easy for me to say um i haven't even gotten to the eggnog yet either gosh um but um but yeah i think that that is you captured it so well and i appreciate your authenticity and i mirror everything you shared it's I, there's times where I just feel a mess and disorganized and so not myself and all other times really joyful and spiritually related and grounded and excited and it's it's I've never had such a range of emotions um so consistently over time I've had phases in my life where I'm a little more of this or a little more of that but it is like a day is a week um yeah. and uh it's odd and it's so reassuring just to hear you share that. I know some others on the call have, have had to share that as well, but this is, I used to think, is it just me? Like, is it just what's right. going on? And even my clients too, they all feel like they're the only ones who feel completely out of control, overwhelmed, stressed beyond belief. And I'm like, trust me, you're not alone. We're, <laughs> we're all going through this process and it's extremely uncomfortable at times. What you're saying. Control, Al, I think is actually one of the great gifts of this period of time that if we're talking about momentum and shift that a much larger number of people have had to come to terms with the illusion of control 
and let go of that idea and and be much more present to what is and pay attention to that and i, I think there's a, a, a gift in that that i hope we can <laughs> carry on forward and, and really nurture and 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 uh, allow forward this this it's really a disruption or destruction even um for for many people of one of the things that i, I believe have been holding us back for many years the illusion of control and power over and, and just to go and surrender into that and and the the strong focus we have had on planning like you were mentioning jane that you would usually have everything planned for next yeah. year now i'm sure none of us has and and because i think we are being called to the more feminine aspect of allowing things to emerge in its own timing and organically so in a way we are asked to practice sense making you know what is wanting to happen and and how or when and and you know that's where the the surprise benefit also comes in because we couldn't plan for all the things that could magically happen because our mind is so limited so when we give up that control and that expectation it's we can be so happily surprised that all of a sudden life is taking us uh, uh, on another journey or another we could say road that we could not schedule we could not foresee or or create in our mind and uh so I think there's a lot of advancement that's just going to happen from that. And so I'm thrilled to bring in that feminine energy that we are forced to, to, to accept now. You know, and that reminds me of some of the, the ways that this past year has shone the spotlight on inequalities. You know, I mean, we had the Me Too movement before uh, COVID hit, but then we had Black Lives Matter kind of come through all of that. And I just wonder, what are you seeing in your worlds? I mean, you know, because in some ways, these, this is our work, I believe, to be done. And I just wonder what your sense is of some of the things that have risen to the top that were always there, but, you know, maybe we didn't notice them or pay attention to them. Well, I think the the polarity in society is is so obvious now, whether we talk about the Black Lives Matters or or Me Too movement or the the political divide at the moment. And what's really really come to me this year is how again I want to say practice because I experienced this. I, I found myself in Trump land. Um, I I was um, went on a vacation, took time out. For reflection and uh, I was making use of a uh, staying on a beautiful ranch owned by a friend who, who wanted me to experience it and I'd never been there before and but what I realized was that the, the people there they didn't believe in COVID they didn't wear masks and you know were just thinking you know do you really know anyone who has gotten sick or died and uh, so I found myself in a territory that I was not used to being in and I really had to examine myself. How did I respond uh, to that? And how, how would I handle that? Because I'm, I'm in, in relationship with people. I have to communicate with these people. So how do I handle this? And it came to me so strongly that the, there are two ends to the, to the oneness. It's, it's the polarity. We have to be able to, to include both ends. So I think a lot of the work 
moving forward is us bringing, bringing the understanding and the acceptance and the healing aspect of accepting everyone exactly where they are, the way they are, and uh, being able to speak to anyone and, and not get reactive. And so in this polarization we are living in today, this is a huge big task. And I for one realized that, okay, here is another branch that needs attention moving forward. Absolutely. And I think we have a, a, as coaches, especially a big responsibility in this because we have the tools yeah. and, uh, and we need to use them and we need to be able to help other people use them online and offline uh, by working with them and just in general in everyday situations. Uh, and I think that that's a really beautiful mission and it's also a huge sense of responsibility. Uh, but this is the time for us to step up and just take the lead. I love that you've put us all into stunned silence, Samina. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, I'm looking at Al who's smiling. Everybody else is really serious. <laughs> okay. I have so many things in my head right now and I don't even know that I want to open the door. Go so. ahead, Al. Well, no, no, the word that comes to me is responsibility. I think that's a huge yeah. word that's, that's really in play. And, you know, a lot of the polarity and everything that Runa was sharing, I think is, is right on is um, you know, it's the oneness and the dichotomy, and that's a key place. And, uh, and I love healing and acceptance. I, that could be a great theme for 2021. Um, and, and within that is communication, right? And empathy and patience and willingness to explore and listen and not talk so quickly and dominate and control. And, um, and all that to me comes back to responsibility, personal responsibility. And, um, and that also, I think, is being really disrupted and it's being manipulated and media and that type of thing. I mean, without getting you know, it's a different conversation, but you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of darkness to what's going on with technology and, and uh, you know, the fake news and, and media manipulation of people and what's really happening versus what they think is happening. And it's uh, it's becoming quite its own epidemic, I believe, and uh, something that really needs to be addressed. Um, and there's a lack of responsibility, you know, in some of the tech companies, I believe, you know, in what they're actually doing and the division that's being created. Um, and the irony, again, that the sort of juxtaposition of at the same time as people with our families and our friends were actually uniting and getting closer and having more meaningful, important conversations and getting to know each other at deeper levels and dealing with all those emotions and unifying. Um, while there's some pretty big forces that are very committed to to polarizing and that's that to me is just sad I, I, I Think we have to focus on the goodness. We have to focus on the goodness will prevail eventually so my my stance has been just focus focus on the, the, the what's possible focus on the goodness and not get so caught up in in the negative aspect, even though we have to be absolutely fully aware of that, and, and we can take action uh, in, in the right direction, say, regarding technology, because there are new technologies coming up that are uh, really wanting to bring the, the humanity into the picture. So as, as an answer to 
antidote to what you're talking about with the irresponsible uh, technology companies. So we also as consumers have responsibility for then educating ourselves and seeing what's possible with our choices. Uh, where can we take our service uh, and our communication uh, uh, as a way to move into the right direction for the future? I agree, Runa, I think, you know, and I agree with everything that you're saying as well, Al. I think there is some responsibility for us all to step into right now. But what I really want to do is like, I'm noticing the time. So I want to move our conversation into the future. Like what is required of us now to thrive in the future? You know, who do we need to become? What are the gifts we're taking forward? <laughs> I just wanted to segue if I may into the future. Yeah. One of the benefits, I mean, we're all together here on Zoom and we're all over the world. And just this weekend, actually, I spoke to a friend in the Bay Area, so the Bay Area and she said, oh, I'm going to a ceremony today, closing the year and starting you looking forward. So we're looking forward. I said, that's fabulous. I knew the woman, Brenda, so I'd love to be there. And she said, you can do it, it's on Zoom. So she held an indigenous person, she held an amazing fire ceremony on Zoom with the camera outside, speaking inside. And so what I wanted to bring really, one, I think it's brought us together because I couldn't have done that, otherwise it was fabulous. <laughs> but what she spoke about, and she comes from a Mexican, a Toltec indigenous tradition, which is before the Aztecs. And she says in her tradition, they're calling in the time of the sixth sun. So when we're looking forward, they're saying, and actually there's a transition period, and they say it's from 2021 to 2026, so there's a period of a few years coming in. But what I wanted to share to launch us in, is she came with, so there's four themes we have coming through. One is, if you know, is care of the earth, looking after Mother Earth, returning to the earth, being, being aware of that. The second, as we've already mentioned, is the rise of the feminine. And she was clear to say that's the feminine energy. It doesn't mean women per se, because we all have masculine and feminine energy, energies. So it's actually more of a balancing, the masculine with the feminine, which I thought was very wise. Then she said something very beautiful, the third one. She said, it's the rise of the community, because when we're together to com with community, we always have enough. And that made me stop, because it was so, so beautiful. Then the final thing we've touched on today, and we've been talking about Zoom, which I thought was very wise. She said, the fourth thing we're looking at in our community is the wise use of technology. And not getting rid of technology, but she said sometimes you can be on your phone and you're addicted to your phone versus perhaps like the Zoom calls on where actually suddenly you're using. So how are you using technology in a wise way? How is it enabling all these other things? And she said, actually, this time that we see coming is the time for the Christ or the Buddha consciousness or higher consciousness to be expressed and for us to co-create together. So really that for me it wasn't like an answer, this is the answer, but just energetic. It was like, whoa, this is tremendous. And I think, as someone said earlier, probably as a group, we've been feeling this for a number of years. I think what's changing is more and more people are actually not just feeling it, but stepping into it. Yeah. So I think I just want to honor and respect the indigenous peoples who've been holding this space, I think, sometimes being derided for what, who they are and what they're being, what are they doing, I should say, but I think they're bringing their being to the table and are having, for me, this tremendous presence and impact on, on what's emerging here. So I really want to honour and acknowledge them. Mm, thank you, David. Thank you. Yes, they, they really, they hold the wisdom for us moving forward and uh, in community and finding a way to, to regenerate 
the earth and regenerate ourselves and regenerate the way we are in the world uh, and bring us to thriving. Yeah. That wisdom of, you know, I know, Jane, we've talked about this before, is, you know, multiple intelligences and multiple wisdom and being, being open to those and understanding what they, how they can inform us. And it's just, it's another body of knowledge that we've lost connection with. And it has so much to offer for all sorts of, uh, of different reasons. And now it's, I think it's time. And I, I think, um, David, you were talking about, you know, this, this moving to another space and time um, that's been heralded in um, energetically is th th this sense of, well, how do we, how do we reacquaint ourselves with that um, intelligence and wisdom that's always been part of humanity that we've lost contact with and how can we intentionally pay attention to it and how can we purposely bring that with us and get really curious about it uh, and, and connect with it in a way that's going, to, that's going to serve humanity and take personal responsibility. I know some of us have been taking responsibility for how we spend our money at Christmas time, you know, this year of all years, like shop local or how we support others. So that sort of purposeful intention about, you know, building that sense of community, but also respecting and valuing um, ancient wisdoms because they have so much to, to tell us about ourselves. But it's a whole discussion in itself. That'd be another exciting discussion to look at indigenous peoples and, and tribal yeah. cultures. And I've always had a fascination with that. I collect some tribal art and, and I've found it fascinating to study it because I think there is truth. It's like they've been waiting for us. Like when you need us, we're here. And meanwhile, as long as we don't destroy them in the meantime, um, you know, and their and their their land. But um, yeah, I think there's tremendous wisdom and uh opportunity that's that's yeah i think i'll just say that i think it's it's going to be a godsend um we don't know when but i think it's it's a vital part of our evolution Ironic. i just i just like to put a resource in for anybody um a book called sacred instructions um it's uh, an indigenous wisdom for living spirit-based change and it's by sherry mitchell um and her indigenous name, I'm not going to try and say it, but it's she who brings the light. Um, and, you know, Sherry really is speaking to what you're talking about, David, and um, really helping us to balance kind of modern day life with mm. indigenous wisdom and creating that bridge that we can all choose to walk across. So, you know, I, I, I think there's definitely something here for us to to listen to the people that have stayed connected and interconnected to the earth and the ecosystem that we're all a part of. Um, so valuable. I think, Jane, there is also, we've been talking about whatever word we choose to give to it, reconciliation or, or forgiveness, or actually just owning, I think, our mm. responsibility. We've spoken about, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, the Me Too movement. I think it's a sense also that with the native indigenous people, not many people know, and I, I had studied it in the States, and it, it replies not just to the States, but other areas as well, something called the doctrine, doctrine of discovery, which meant that when they're discovering new lands, 
the, the Pope at the time gave them permission that if indigenous people did not accept them as Christians, they could just wipe them away, take them out. And that, I believe that's still, it's still active on the legislation because it then enabled them to take the land and that land was theirs. So there's something, I can feel it quite deep within that. So there's something around, and I think and Brenda spoke from Native perspective about reconciliation. There's something there, I think, that will take place. And she spoke beautifully about all of the isms, mm -hmm. sexism, racism, all of these saying, actually, these need to come to the table in a really, like what Runa was saying, in a really healing way, not in a, in a polarity way, but in a healing way. And this is where Al was saying, we're taking responsibility for this and we're owning this. And I think there's something very humbling about whatever we're coming from. And myself, I've been speaking this year about, you know, holding the privilege card, male, white, mm -hmm. all of these things that I hold, that actually being humble around actually stepping to the table and coming together with others. So not, as I think uh, Claudia mentioned, not power over, but very much power with or, or listening, this aspect of deep listening and actually listening to the inherent wisdom that has always been present throughout all of these isms, which to a large extent has been pushed down because it's needed to be controlled. But I think now this is coming up and it's, a, it's how we then can choose, and I think it's back to choice, choose to embrace this. I felt for a, an, an, an amount of time that, um, well, I especially, I, I feel like I'm on a razor's edge because there's so much that could have been learned through this process. Uh, we, I know we've had conversations in the past, Jane, where we've said that, uh, you know, the, the universe or the, the power will try to show you something. And if you don't listen, it will just catastrophize something to make sure that you actually got it. And I believe we've been in that catastrophe. But there's a number of people that are full. The cup is full and there's no room for discussion with them. And, and everyone here has already done their own inner work. So we're very much a group of like-minded people, but I do meet people where their cup is full and there's no room for, for me to discuss anything with them. And, and that's my fear because David, you mentioned, you know, the indigenous people first and we just recently rewatched the film Avatar. And as the, as the, the main person, Jack Sully goes into the, to the, 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 to see the elders and they make the daughter teach him the ways of the people and the parting shot is see if you can cure him of his madness because looking at the life that we did held before covid there was an amount of selfishness there was an amount of i want this commodity or this produce and i want it now i don't care if it has to be flown from you know hundreds and thousands of miles away because i want it now even if it's not in season for me and the air travel and stuff. And, and I believe we, we have been given an opportunity to reflect and change. My deep abiding fear is, is that some people are absolutely ready for it and have already started to assimilate this. And there are some people who will fight it tooth and nail because you can't, all, uh, you can't speak caterpillar language you, know, you can't speak butterfly language to caterpillar people and that's my abiding fear that there's just not enough people who will affect the change and, and we all take responsibility 
but there's so many people who aren't. And, and my thing is in 2021, how could we not change anyone, but how could we open that conversation so that everyone can join in and turn around and say, I disagree with you, but that doesn't mean I hate you. That doesn't mean that I should fear you. It's this, you just got a different opinion to me. I think, <clears throat> Nick, what comes up for me is, you know, everyone is on their own journey and they are at a different place in the journey and we cannot change anyone. And if we spend our lives sitting in fear because they are not wanting to listen to us or not wanting to change, I think we are not using our energy very wisely. I think it's more important to be responsible for ourselves and be role models and plant seeds. And, you know, when, when there is a seed in the earth, we can't demand that it starts to sprout. We, we can't control it. We, we just have to wait patiently and we have to trust that at some point it's going to come up. And so I think we have to, uh, we have to be accepting of that this is a process for everyone and we are all at, uh, in a different place in the process. And um, I think those that have done the inner work like many of us here, all of us here have been on that path for, for years and years and years. Uh, it's, it's really important for us to hold that space of uh, neutrality and understanding and acceptance and, and be open for the conversation when the person is ready and not force it when the person is not ready, but go about our day in, in our optimistic way of, of contributing to co-creating the future. That's really what I'm focusing on, on how can I have the biggest positive impact of co-creating the future with all of you uh, so I can be proud of leaving, leaving uh, that to my grandchildren and the next generations and not sitting in fear of all the people that are not getting it. They will at some point, maybe not in this lifetime, but they have to do it on their own timing. Also, so, Go ahead, Amina. Just one thought about uh, what Runa was saying that I think uh, we are all sitting here by the luck of the privilege card, really. And if we didn't have that, we probably wouldn't be talking about the same issue. We would be talking about very different issues. And I think we have to have a lot of um, empathy and, uh, and understanding for people who are struggling with uh, things on a very different level of the Maslow uh, pyramid right now. And there are many in our immediate circles and in the wider system who don't have the privilege of, of talking about how to do something for the wider good or the bigger good, but, but really concerned about how to, how to uh, put food on their table or struggle with everyday health issues. Um, and those kind of stressful situations uh, often um, prompt a very different reaction. And I think empathy for empathy for all of us is is really really key right now towards ourselves as well, of course, because sometimes that's really hard. <laughs> but hey, yeah. I like this. I'm, I'm, I was very inspired by. Uh... 
this was uh, Ken Wilbur, but who makes a distinction between uh, growing up and waking up. So essentially, the journey you're talking about also, Una, uh, the uh, it, it's it's sort of multidimensional, and at each level of growing up, uh, wherever we're at, there'll be healthy expressions and sometimes not so healthy expressions. So so. And, and then there's the waking up potential, the more spiritual uh, uh, way of being and that path um, that can also show up in every stage of growing up. So, so I think this really opens a, a space of, of, let's say, respect and opportunity and, and um, recognizing where ultimately each person is and what's next for them. And also realizing that there's a, a healthy and useful expression and contribution from every single step. And, and to be able to, well, enable that and honor that, I think is also part of, of what we as change makers uh, are, are here to do. And, and that makes me hopeful. I mean, for me that opens and, and I, I, yeah, that's a hopeful, uh, look also into 221 in that sense. And, and I do just want to build on, on that, that hopefulness quickly just to respond to Nick actually because one of the models I really like uh, Dr David Hawkins has his map of consciousness and this is about those that are doing their inner work and for me it's an ongoing journey um, and I don't think he sees it as good or bad but but from a consciousness perspective he's saying as people move up to a higher level of consciousness the impact they can have on a group of people is tremendous. And I mean, he talks in terms of thousands of millions of people as, he, as the consciousness goes up. So it's not about just sheer relative numbers. You know, he's saying that a single person can have an impact on thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And the way I relate that to me is I know when I was on retreat with the Zen master Thich Khan, there was something just quite incredible about being with him that felt unlike anything else and, and he's, he's one of, of my teachers so i think if we if we take wherever we are and we're all doing our work into the in, this, in my case into the workplace i have a sense that not only will we be holding a space for us to grow and develop i think people will be become curious and will ask the questions and i think someone said everyone's on their own spiritual journey with this you know some may be choosing not to and it's not about good or bad but I just have a sense that there are enough of us, enough on, that have moved up this consciousness level that actually the transition is here. And, and some of my teachers are saying, it's not if, it's when it happens. So I've been speaking about 2126. So I have a sense that it's coming, that it's, it's clear and we're already in that, in that stage. So I think the hope is really brings it back down to me saying, okay, what about me? And I've heard people say, it's time now to show up, yeah. serve, and to be the sacred bridge. I love this. No, I love the bridge. I mean, Nikki brought it up and, and there is this tension between wanting to have the conversation and the empathy and the dialogue and being able to work through our differences is so key. And, and then Runa, you put it in such a beautifully spiritual way. I feel like I want to go back and listen to that segment. Um, <laughs> But capturing at a very high level, and I love what you're. I love David Hawkins, one of my favorite teachers. Um, and yeah, and, and now that you brought that up, I always think about like he talks about Jesus and Buddha and being calibrated at something like you know eight hundred or something out of a thousand, double digits to a thousand, I think is the scale. But five hundred 
being the critical mass where everything shifts, which is the level of love. And I feel like that's the place where we're trying to merge into. And I think, I forgot what, maybe you know, David, what the average, I think the, he calibrates different parts of the world, but, but I think in general, I think a lot of people are operating in, in the West, somewhere like 350 or 400. Anyway, it's. Well, you think you think only just over kind of 200, because 200 is a change for the lower point. But you're quite, what I tell, when you go up to that loved one at 500, there's another step change, which would tally up to, and I'll see Bruno nodding, you know, the spiral dynamics when you do a real step change. Yeah. So this is where we're doing. I believe we're going for a step change here. Yeah. yeah, I thought the Western was higher, but um, but in any case, I think that's, it, it's a great model. I'm glad you brought it up and highly recommend it. It's what the, this first book is, not it? What is it called? The um, Power versus Force. Power versus Force, yeah. yeah. It talks about, I highly recommend that for any listeners. But, um, but yeah, I think that we have all these great models. There's sort of spiritual perspectives. I mean, I could offer psychology perspectives about people's, you know, inner cognitive dissonance and when they're overwhelmed and stressed and they stop look taking responsibility and they tend to project it outward to others and that's another whole conversation but all of these models i think are unifying in that it's looking at this evolutionary growth process that we're in as human beings and there's so many different perspectives to look at it um, from very intellectual um highly informed scientifically based models to you know spiritual practice models whether it's just called meditation for now um but that, I think, is a theme through our whole conversation, which is so, I don't know, titillating is a word. I just get alive. Like, I just feel the energy and the blood flowing and the excitement and the opportunity and the love and the possibility and all of that, knowing that there is this higher good, that we're on an ultimate path of goodness and wellness and evolution and development. And for, for all of humanity's sake, I truly believe that at deep levels. And uh, it's just, it's, I really feel that resonating right now in the midst of this discussion. And I'm so grateful for all of you. Every time you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have these conversations. And, and I'm so grateful for each of you. And this is, anyway, mm -hmm. I'll stop there. Yeah. These conversations, just one, one quick thought. I was just thinking as you were saying that, Al, that when we were like teenagers in, in high school and then maybe in our early university years, we had conversations with some friends about how to save the world and, uh, and what to do. And, and those conversations were similarly inspiring for me. Uh, and, then, and then you get into real life and somehow these fade away. And it's nice to, it's nice to be back in this kind of space. <laughs> And I'm amused because one of the things I did before we started the, the conversation, because I was so looking forward to this conversation, um, I took out one of um, Star Lady's What Would Love Do uh, cards just to, to see what it might say. And really, I had a, a really interesting experience because the, the card that came out, you know, What Would Love Do was around intention. And our intention precedes every action we take, be mindful and deliberate. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the book to look up intention in the, in the sequence, the alphabetical sequence, as it wasn't there. And of course, I immediately went to, oh, the, I, I, there's something wrong with this book. It's intention isn't there. Actually, intention is at the very, it's, it's the foundation stone of, of love. Where do, what's our intention in everything that we do, what's our intention for 2021? Um, and I think that that's one of the things that I would love for 
all of us and, and all of those people that we interact with is that we bring that positive intention and we purposely bring that into 2021 where we spend our money thinking about the environment, self-care, and we do it with, we do it with intention. Thank Rather you. Than, you know, <laughs> flip-flopping around. I think that's yes. one of the things. It's this flip-flopping around that I think we've, we, we, you know, we need to leave behind and get into that intention and purpose and mindfulness of what are we, what are we trying to birth at this mm -hmm. step? What are we, it's nearly like we're midwives, if you like, of <laughs> humanity. And what are we trying to, what are we trying to bring into the world? Well, that's and a of personal responsibility right there too, with the intention. Yeah. And I yes. love that segue because I just love now I'm noticing the time and we need to bring our conversation to a close. So I'd love to just ask each of you, you know, we've, we've people that are listening in from all around the world here. If there's something you wanted to speak to some wisdom, maybe that you've got to share that you'd like to share with our listeners, I'd like to invite each of you to do that just as we close. One of my all-time favorite sayings um, that occurred to me in meditation once was that um, the more paradoxical something is, the closer we are to truth. What comes to me is, is just reminding people of that even in times of um, really big challenges, there are always possibilities. And uh, the possibilities are usually much vaster than we could ever imagine. So uh, look out for surprising possibilities. And building on that, uh, Runa, it's, it's, it's going back to that previous point around you know, all the intelligence and the wisdom and the indigenous wisdoms um, and rituals and way of life that's there for us to to um, to understand and to be curious about because it has so much to offer and for us to be open to that as I say curious about it and understand how can it inform this next paradigm shift for for humanity because I think it's you know they've always pointed us in 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 the right direction if we're open to listening and be curious about what it's what the teachings are and I just want to actually by honouring one of my teachers who sadly died in 2016, and that's Professor Andre Dalbeck, who's at the University of Santa Clara, deeply spiritual person. And he was, he was one of the people that actually saw, particularly in business, that actually we were going to be um, development, developmentally mature leaders. And what he meant by that is not just the IQ, but the EQ, the emotional intelligence was coming online. And then he added in the spiritual aspect. You, point, you spoke about the importance of the point of stillness, Jane. Mm -hmm. And he spoke directly to that. And just before he died, he issued out this kind of challenge, which I carry within me. And it was, what does it really mean for you to be a spiritually and developmentally mature leader? So really back to integration. How do you integrate? How do you almost, how do you bring your whole of yourself to work? If you're sitting here, and the child, the dog, or whatever is going past on Zoom, how do you now bring your whole self? And I think this is what we have. We have this almost, not quite permission, but we have a sense of, 
I want to bring my whole self not to work, not just the bits I think I ought to bring. And, and, and maybe I could add to that, I can, I can see um, leaders in organization starting to be more open for giving 70% of themselves at the door that they understand now because of what we have gone through, all the, all the experiences or feelings and having to take care of their people in a very, very different way. That, uh, 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 oh, I lost the thread. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, bringing, uh, I think part of what we will be seeing is that they will be facilitating people bringing their whole self to work. I see that as, as a trend moving forward. For me, I, I find myself and everybody else or many people around me just wanting to really get rid of 2020 and get rid of COVID and get rid of whatever is going on right now because this is such a messy and difficult year. And at the same time, uh, you know, the paradox of change tells us that until we fully accept what is um, real, real sustainable change will not come. So just being patient with what we're accepting. And I think there's still quite a bit to, to acknowledge and uh, sort of bring to our awareness around what's going on with us uh, will allow that shift to happen. I think there's so many threads here and, and, and what you said Orla about um, being open and in the moment being present. Um, I think in all of this chaos, uh, uh, I think the Buddhists said that chaos should be ex um, regarded as extremely good news. There's a, a beginning or many beginnings taking place now and I think one, one key question now is so as you stop and, and listen, and as you open to what's going on around you, what's calling you really? So what's calling you into 21 or the next period of time? Uh, and so this is uh, also Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right? There's a threshold. So what, what's calling you? And, and are, you, are you paying attention to that call? And, and also, of course, about having the courage, the courage to, to cross the threshold and start this new journey, this one step up, this, this, this transformation really from, from where we are at and, and where we're moving. Everybody has a role in this. I mean, everybody has a mm -hmm. role. And, and so, so what's really calling you personally and go with it. Yeah. And for me, one of the phrases that come for me from uh, my teenagers, this too shall pass. Because um, it's very easy to become embroiled in any situation and believe that it's only ever going to be this way. And, and my life has told me time and time again and shown me that, you know, all things pass. There's a season for everything. But I don't want to be a passenger on a bus and seeing things pass. I want to be the person walking the streets breathing the air and, and, and being in the lights and experiencing life and it's very rawness. It's just sometimes so painful. But then this too shall pass at some point. 
and you know what we, we could be heading towards something magnificent we don't know where this is going to go but i just loved alan all of what you said about taking responsibility we have to take responsibility for the effect that we have on the world jane had a thing take um Let's think about energy, Jane. Uh, take responsibility for the energy you bring to this place. Mm. And it just that was a great reminder today, guys. Honestly, that was such a good reminder. But for me, these two shall pass. Oh my gosh. Thank you to each of you. Um, as I think about what I want to share right at the end, there's, there's a few things. The first is a, uh, a quote by, I think it was Margaret Drabble, who said, when when everything is uncertain, anything is possible. <laughs> and I love that quote. Um, but there's, there's something else that kind of pulls together some of what we've been talking about here, which is, and, and it's really two questions. The first is, you know, for, for each of you listening and for all of us really to think about what, what is our work to do? in the world what is being called out of us at this time and then i said our and then thinking about the responsibility that we've talked about here as well i think we need to narrow that down to what is your work to do in the world what is your work that's being called out of you know you might call it soul work but it comes from a deeper space inside what is yours what is yours to do in this lifetime. I think that's something for all of us to reflect on and to claim 100% for ourselves, to own it, because that's how we'll create a powerful we and a powerful our response to where we find ourselves today. Um, and I just love everything that you've all said. I just feel like I've got yes and yes <laughs> and yes again. <laughs> so I just wanna thank each of you for your time and your energy and bringing that to our audience here and everything that you've done over this past year for the sacred change makers community and beyond um, just thank you to each of you thank you for having us thank you for bringing us all together again yeah you're so welcome the pleasure was all mine, as they say. <laughs> okay, so guys, you're listening. I've really enjoyed our conversation today and uh, I hope you have too. But there is a question, which is, what did you think? Remember that the purpose of a podcast like this is, is not just to make you think. It's actually to get you to move into action around what feels most important to you in our conversation that we've had today. And yes, this means you need to do something differently to get a result. So before you turn us off and get back to your day, just take a moment and write down two or three key things. They might be action items. They might be inspiring comments, something for you to carry forward into your life that will make a meaningful difference. Knowledge is not power. It's only potential power. What truly makes an impact is you moving into action in some way, integrating into your life. So ask yourself, what do you feel inspired to be and do after today's conversation? And let me remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. 
and our growing community of change makers are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally, and together we're making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the work you do to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.